Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. Along those lines, I'm really enthused and excited to have Glenn Argenbright on the show. So Glenn is a general partner at Quake Capital. He's done a lot of investing. He looks at the, uh, the health space a lot. But most importantly, I'm not going to steal his thunder. Glenn, welcome to the show. Hi, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, very excited to have you on. And as you know, stories are really important. The why, how, how someone gets started off and what are some catalysts uh, and defining moments that, that get people interested in not just investment and overall, but looking at health as well. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your origin story or said another way, maybe you can tell me about the series of events that have gone on in your life that have led you to become the person you are today. Sure. I, I, you know, as an investor, we always love the kind of the origin stories drive a lot of our investment thesis. So when you're looking at a founder, that's one of the questions you're obviously drilling into too. Um, Mm -hmm. For me, it started, I I got into uh, uh, technology about uh, 30 years ago now. Uh, I was actually um, brought up to the to the valley in 1995. I was I was working and started a, a company in in Southern California, and my father actually got ill. He had a heart condition and was was pretty seriously ill. And so I came up to Silicon Valley at a time when it was really going through this massive transformation to spend more time with my with my father and my my family. And it was probably one of the best decisions I ever made, both professionally and personally. Um, really remarkable. Um, how much change there was in the valley at that time, and and obviously I had a lot of interest in health because I was, you know, dealing with these issues um, with my own family. And at that time, I actually took over a startup um, that was focused on uh, database and data science, and we actually built one of the four largest um, ad serving platforms on the planet. Ended up being about a four and a half billion dollar IPO a couple years later, and and from there I went on to to. Form 14 other companies. I exited nine of them, um, took three of them public. So um, really, you know, kind of the way fate intervenes, a lot of things happened. I was able to spend an amazing amount of quality time with my father um, before he passed away. And and then I was able to participate in a really a evolution, revolution in technology that, that really we may never see anything quite like it again. It was really quite spectacular. Mm. No, well, Glenn, this is, uh, well, sorry to hear about your, your father. And I know, you know, we shared that, you know, as a, you know, similar, similar scenario there. Um, really exciting to hear about how you progress into, you know, where you're at and, and what, and obviously the entrepreneurial experience that you brought to this area and your timing of the move, you know, at the time was, 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 you know, tremendous. Um, Glenn, can you tell me uh, along those lines, I guess, can you tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, what you're seeing today, you know, a lot has happened in venture capital, a lot has happened in investing and in health. So in regards to health, I guess, what, what areas have your excitement? How do you, you know, I'd love to hear about how you think about those, the markets tied to these, you know, what's exciting you in health. So I just love to hear a little bit about, you know, what's captivating your attention when it comes to health these days. Wow. There's so many things. Um, Probably technology evolution and health is some of the, I would say, some of the most uh, advanced, um, interesting uh, areas that we're looking at today. Um, 
tech is going to just massively transform this space. I think AI could have a huge impact. Um, mm -hmm. Its ability to design complex plans, um, treatment plans, drugs, um, much faster, more effectively than even the best medical professionals. So I think that's interesting. Augmented reality and virtual reality, of course, are going to improve teaching and surgical preparation. So that's interesting to us. And we've looked at a lot of deals in both those areas really like wearable devices quite a bit. I think they're gonna, um, they're, they provide invaluable feedback and expand data collection. And again, I kind of come from that data science background, so I get really interested in that. And I think the move to gamify health through those devices is gonna be mm. really interesting to watch with new, you know, kind of future generations. Nanotechnology is interesting. We can talk a lot about that. But the one that I think, I want 3D as well. So 3D mm -hmm. printing, the ability to print, um, prosthetic surgical, you know, uh, devices and guides and even bones and living tissue. That's really cool stuff. But the one that we tend to focus on at Quake, the one that gets me kind of really excited is access. I, I, I Over the course of my career, I've really been focused on things that disrupt through giving people access to information or better services. You know, those are the things that tend to grow and scale very quickly and they tend to have mass impact on the, the broader population. And I think what's exciting for me is that when you talk about access, you're talking about 5G and remote robotic surgery and other mobile solutions and apps that are just really changing the way people access healthcare and physicians and improve outcomes. Mm -hmm. And one area where I really think that we're seeing is, you know, you're seeing things in screening and these mobile apps you're seeing advancements that are addressing the way we, we approach screening, pain management, and follow-up, which mm -hmm. I think for both you and I is actually a really personal issue because that was the right. thing that, that impacted my father. And I think it's the thing that, that, that got you into this field as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, all those areas are, you know, super exciting. Um, and, you know, follow up. Absolutely. I, I mean, you, you know, I've devoted kind of my, my life, uh, my immediate life into, into this problem. And um, I, I guess um, when you see these innovations, it's so super exciting to see things like along with access or digital things regarding the follow up you know, AI, 3D printed, you know, we've had a lot of people on our show that have these different innovations. Maybe from an investor perspective, what are some interesting things that you always like to see about a startup to show that they're growing and scaling? Obviously, sales is one thing, but when it comes to distributing, sometimes distributing these great innovations, even though it can solve millions and millions of, uh, you know, um, you know, improve the lives of millions and save lives, what are some, the physics of selling and distributing that you always <laughs> like to see? Um, I obviously, yeah, I just love to hear how you think of like go to market and like distrib distri distributing innovations like this. Yeah, it's tougher for, you know, I, I think looking at certain um, industries, they have an easier or tougher path to raise capital. And I think um, getting off the ground and getting rolling with a health, health tech or health startup um, is, is harder than a lot of other areas. Um, getting that early traction is a little more difficult, you know, breaking through with a, you know, an Epic or a Cerner or United Healthcare or these big juggernauts that are in mm -hmm. the space and getting them to partner with you is not an easy thing to do. And right. And on the credibility front, you know, you have to be spot on. There's no, there's no margin for error. You can't, whether it's patient records with blockchain or whether it's um, 3d printing of a appliance, you can't be off at all. And 
So I think it's a tougher equation early and, and generally much more, um, it, it becomes easier as you grow. Right. So when we look at most of our um, startups, we're looking for a great deal of traction. I think you know from, from working with us, you know that we like a lot of momentum, a lot of traction, a lot of market proof. We try and come in after what I generally refer to as a first um, pivot. So the company has already figured out that there's, there's something in their product that is really interesting to customers and they've got market adoption, but maybe some of the original assumptions they made were a little bit off. The way you do that is you look for a company that has found that level of adoption. They've got traction right. and maybe it's revenue, maybe it's distribution. We make certain allowances when we look at a healthcare startup. We tend to look more at you know, the other types of traction they may have developed. Do they have significant partnerships in place? Do they have pilots in place? Have they spent a lot of time or energy on research and development? And have they made progress in that regard? Mm -hmm. We make um, concessions, as it were, uh, in order to be participate because we're a very early stage investor, whereas most of our other deals tend to have very significant traction. A lot of our um, healthcare opportunities are a little bit earlier in their in their um, distribution and sales chain. Now, you, of course, um, are an exception in that regard with with the startup that you have, of course, in Health Hero. But um, many of our healthcare opportunities that we're looking at are a little bit earlier, and I think. If you're an angel or if you're an early stage investor, you need to think about that. You need to make some adjustments in your thinking when you're dealing with an early stage health tech startup, because again, they're going to have a little more difficulty, much like a hardware company might. They're going to have a little more difficulty penetrating that market. Mm -hmm. I, I love it, Glenn. Yeah, no, this is, I really appreciate that illustration and kind of like the thinking behind it, because obviously, you know, it's like a uh, really a good analogy the other day is like an early stage company that gets into a market. There's that that founders, you know, market fit, solution fit initially, but then you know, really nailing in on the problem is really finding like the tooth in the mouth that really hurts. And so, like a dentist, like <laughs> a different tooth, and it, you'll know the one that really, really hurts and has the cavity because it makes you jump out of your chair. And that's what you're really trying to focus on um, after that kind of first initial pivot is uh, is the jump out of the chair effect um, of the pain. But um, I guess, uh, you, you know, I, I'm curious on how you view the future of health. But before we get to kind of the future of health, according to Glenn, um, Quake Capital. So what, what, what's fascinating about Quake Capital is when you look at the impact you have, you know, you've, you've funded, you know, 130 plus teams, you know, one of the most active investors in the country, um, 200 plus advisors. And you have thousands and thousands every year that apply, um, you know, to be a part of your programs. Um, most of these companies, most of these founders, whether it's not directly in health are really improving the lives of other people. They're solving significant problems that, you know, hit some sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. So I'd love to hear a little bit about Quake, your thesis and, um, just, you know, your focus and your goal at Quake and, um, you know, here's, here's, here's what you're doing at Quake. You bet. So. We actually look at about a thousand deals a month, so it's a uh, it's there's sort of a the data science background again comes into play here. We have a militant focus on merit. That's how mm. we refer to it. So we focus on metrics. We don't get caught up in um, whether somebody went to the same school we went to, whether they worked at any of the same companies we came from, whether they look like us. 
And when you look at our portfolio, aside from being in the top 10% of all venture in terms of performance, when you look at our portfolio, you'll see the proof is in the founders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, about 35 to 40% of our founders are, are women, about mm-hmm. um, 38% of our founders are black or Hispanic. And, mm-hmm. and where that's interesting is that if you look at the ratios of founders that are applying the programs, Anthony, you'll see that those numbers line up pretty closely. But if you look at venture as a whole, and I'm not attacking the industry, it's just an evolving industry. But if you look at it, most funds are putting maybe anywhere from, and I'm being somewhat generous here, 5 to 10% into female founders, mm-hmm. maybe 20% into black or Hispanic founders. And those numbers don't align with the applicant pools. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the things, I mean, I know you're really asking about our process, but that's, that's evidence of our process. Our process is we, we take uh, a lot of the bias elements out of our equation and we focus on what the company's actually done. What have they achieved? What kind of merit is there? What kind of metrics show the merit? And, and that really comes down to that traction point I was talking about earlier. So we look for teams, you know, I think there's a myth about early stage companies that you can't find, you can't invest early without, you know, with any traction. And we routinely find companies with crazy amounts of traction that still have valuations that are, you know, under $5 million. Mm. There's lots of things founders can do and teams can do to show proof of market adoption, um, even in the very early stages and even in places like healthcare, where, as I was talking about earlier, it's more difficult there's still things they can do. Mm. And, um, and so we try and find those, those diamonds as it were. And we've been very successful doing that so far. I love it. Yeah, no, I love, I love, you know, just from the, the, the inverse side of, of what you guys do. Yeah. The diversity, the network, the support. I mean, you know, we got to present right last week alongside some amazing founders that you see their service the product comes to fruition. I mean, these things can change everyone's lifestyle <laughs> for the better all, yeah. all around from real estate to yeah. personal products, to health, to digital products and enterprise products. It's, it's fascinating. And the diversity, I think the diversity focus kind of, you know, shows that as well because it translates to the product perspective and service perspective. And, um, yeah, Glenn, as you know, you know, uh, a startup is mental, right? Uh, you know, persistence and perseverance is, one of the most important things and to have another group of set of founders that are, you know, equally as uh, have that energy, it just feeds off of each other. And so it's, it's just, you know, it's good not to go at it alone. And, uh, you know, you, you know, I always say the universe is mental and the startup is mental. And, uh, you know, the name of the game is just, you know, persistence and, uh, you know, perseverance, but, uh, Glenn, yeah, no. So thanks for that overview of quake and it's phenomenal what you guys are doing. And obviously I'm a big fan. Um, uh, Glenn, to be sensitive to time here, I'm going to, my very last question, or one of my very last questions is the future of health, small question, right? The future of health, according to Glenn, <laughs> tell me what you see oh. happening in the future or said another way, what's something you believe in health that other people may think is crazy or hasn't been proven yet? Wow. Um, well, that's sort of interesting. So I'm, again, as a data science guy, I like data and I like things that leverage data. And I think AI is going to be, have the biggest impact long-term mm. on, on pretty much all fields of science, um, mm. including healthcare. 
the big thing for me is it's going to advance our knowledge of what's possible. I always joke with startup founders. I say, look, you're all probably better as I meet a new founder. I say, you're probably better startup founder now than I am, despite my previous success. And I said, because you don't actually know the realm of what's possible. You'll try it. You know, you, to you, the box is unlimited, right? Mm-hmm. The, the flip side is sort of true in science. I mean, you have to know where the edges live. And so I think as you start to figure out what's possible, you can actually, um, you can actually push, you can push further into the, in, you know, past those limits um, or what you thought the limits were before. But in the near term, for me, it's all about wearables. I think that they're going to gather the data that that AI needs. They're going to supercharge that AI evolution. And mm. I think they're going to alter outcomes now which in turn is going to drive greater adoption and usage. And again, I'm a, I'm a startup scale guy, so adoption is critical. You want a tech to, to be disruptive, get it adopted. So in order to get broad adoption or you know the kind of data sets we need for the AI to take hold, you need something to go broad that is going to collect that data and wearables will give that to you. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to have a huge transformative impact on, on health overall. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, I know you mentioned gamification as well. And so, you know, obviously a, a modern way to make things very usable and natural for us to, you know, perceive things as a consumer and, and you know, all this data coming in, it's just allowing us to understand ourselves more and our providers to, to understand more about us. And it's exciting. It's exciting. And now you're now you're starting to hear uh, the word quantum tossed around too. So all this uh, <laughs> yeah, supremacy, that. right? I so um, as you as you have those capabilities that actually can become very tangible and useful, all that AI data that comes across is going to be, you know, tremendous. So it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, we're in an exciting time where we're going to get to know ourselves more than ever before. You know, next probably five years, we'll get to understand ourselves more than we have collectively over the past fifty years. Is my unofficial uh, <laughs> unofficial prediction uh, that hopefully is supporting what you're you're mentioning here. So it's very exciting, Glenn. Uh, Glenn, my very last question is uh, contact information or reaching out on social media. If our listeners would like to reach out, or maybe there's a someone listening to this sh- uh, episode that is an early stage founder hasn't has a thought, an idea, an emerging company, and they'd like to reach out and see if Quake's a fit, or what's a good way to connect with you directly or through social media if any of our listeners would like to do so? Sure. So they can, the the easiest way to connect is with, we've got a substantial team. They can certainly connect with me. I'm at Glenn with two N's at Quake.vc, just like an earthquake, Quake, Mm -hmm. A-K-E.vc. They can also go to quakecapital.com and they can contact any member of our team. We've got about 20 people on the team that will be happy to talk to them. They can find me on social media, Glenn Argenbright. I'm at LinkedIn. I'm the only one on there. You can't miss me. <laughs> so, so free to reach out. Mention that you saw, you know, that you listened to me here or heard me on the podcast. I get a lot of um, inbound inquiries, so I try and keep up on them, but that's probably a good way to, to rise to the top of my inbox. And um, one other quick comment I would make, though, Anthony, I think mm-hmm. it's really interesting. I think one of the things in the future that's going to be fascinating to watch is what happens with the devices that we're so focused on today. What's mm-hmm. What are the implications of smartphones, texting, virtual reality, augmented reality? Um, we're already seeing impacts, um, you know, in terms of posture, bone density, mm-hmm. joints, and, and seizures. So... I think you know you you're building the next wave of solutions you and your 
your peers in, in health tech are building the next wave of solutions. But there is going to be an interesting series of opportunities for founders that live beyond that. And if people are working on those things, I'd love to hear about them. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of like the, the hunch in my back I'm getting just from looking at my phone all day, kind exactly. of things like that. Exactly. And I think yeah, it's so true, you know, dry eyes and all these little symptoms and gosh, the, the, the text hunch is a real thing. <laughs> Wait till you have like pop-ups in your glasses. What's going to be the implications to you know your mind? What's going to happen? Yes. To, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be some really fascinating, um, adjustments to the you know physiology yes yes either some adjustments that need to i'm right there with you i think i'm obsessed about the 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 thoughts of it as well i mean i hear i carry around my own standing desk in my bag (laughs) you know and i I have a i'm staring at my yoga mat (laughs) i mean i have don't tell anyone but i have no shoes on right now right but staring staring at my yoga mat but uh but long story short um Yes. So modern ergonomics uh, in this space and, and what's the data of all this and how it converges. And it's almost like we need new, new screens and everything. But yeah, it's, we're getting sucked into, sucked into this world. But anyway, but um, no, it's, it, thank you for pointing that out. I think a lot about that, uh, you know, as well. And some, something needs to change. We weren't, our bodies weren't designed for, for the way that tech is designed today. So yeah, um, Glenn, this is powerful. Yeah, no. Um, Thank you again, I think, for, for sharing, most importantly, your story, um, your passions, what has drawn you into this industry and the, and the future of health, the way that you see it coming to fruition, which, you know, you and I are absolutely aligned. But um, to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. This show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. Um, Glenn, love to have you back on the show. And as you see more innovations in this space, and hopefully maybe six or 12 months from now, you guys would have funded someone that's uh you know that's that that is able to build the future that you're laying out here so uh, glenn this was rewarding for me and uh so great to spend some time with you here outstanding thanks for having me anthony it was great fun thank you so much thank you